Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. Wow, how many of you felt God's presence today? Just me? Come on, didn't, didn't anybody else? <laughs> ah, I love church. I love his presence. I love these opportunities, and uh, it never... I think somebody said that earlier, it just never goes unnoticed or unmarked that we are privileged to do what we do, and we're thankful for his presence. And um, today, uh, I am not Pastor Richard. <laughs> I know we look alike, uh, <laughs> apart from the, you know, whatever, but uh, he's, he's unfortunately, he was just chomping at the bits to be here. And uh, for some of you who don't know, he's been kind of on the road for the last week and a half or so. He was in Nebraska first, <clears throat> excuse me, at sort of a sister church of ours or somebody that we're sort of covering, and he was there, he preached two Sunday services, did a bunch of leadership meetings, and then he left there and went directly to Tulsa, Oklahoma, my old stomping grounds where I went to college at for a while, um, but he went there to work on his book, Amen, and it's a really great publisher and people that are going to help him pull it together but in the course of doing all of that, he ended up getting laryngitis really bad in his throat. And then, unfortunately, he did a, I think, a conference doctor call yesterday. And so he's got a viral infection. And so he, you know, the interest of obviously keeping y'all safe and clear and getting himself healed up. Um, he said, tag, PL, you're it, at about 1.30 yesterday. <laughs> so I found out, to talk about being instant in and out of season. Here we go. Let it go. Um, but he, he gave me his notes. And so... Obviously, I'm not going to do as good a job as he does, but I'm going to do what I can to convey. Because how many of you know that the word of the Lord stands strong? And it doesn't matter what vessel he uses. He can use a donkey. <laughs> if he can use a donkey, he can show enough use me. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> so so we're going we're gonna to use his notes and uh, just kind of speak the word that I think is ready for the house today. And just a really cool season. I will say this, that I think it's very exciting that he's writing a book. And, you know, the longer we do it, and I say this with all humility, but the longer we do it, I realize a lot of times I'm listening to experts who haven't been doing it as long. And experts who a lot of times haven't gone through some of the stuff and dealt with some of the things and had to overcome some of the stuff that gives you the authority to speak with clarity and to speak with wisdom and to speak with confidence. And so I'm so thankful that the words that he uh, that God's placed in his heart are now going to be put into this book. And I believe that that book is going to go a lot further than his physical body can go. But there's going to be a lot of people impacted by what happens right here in Now Church in the middle of Ocala, Florida. Somebody say amen to that. Put your, yeah, give Jesus praise for that. I think it's amazing. We get to impact the nations of the world. So we're going to jump in today. Um, the, the message title, he said, again, I'm reading his notes, is Free as a Bird. Free as a bird, and Isaiah chapter 40 is this, the text. It says in verse uh, 28 in the Amplified, Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not faint or grow weary? There is no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint and weary. He gives power to the faint and the weary. <laughs> um, and... 
To him who has no might, God increases his strength, causing it to multiply and making it to abound. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and selected men shall feebly stumble and fall exhausted. But those who wait on the Lord... I love this, who expect, who look for, who hope in him, shall change and renew their strength and power. They shall lift up their wings and mount up close to God, just like the eagles do, mount up to the sun, and they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk, and they will not faint or become tired. There's a really big song right now by a group named Maverick City and Elevation. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. It's a great verse. And I never really kind of understood why they were so passionate about that song. And then you start looking at this revelation, you realize, oh yeah, those who are waiting on God, their strength is going to be renewed. The next text is Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and it says, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God and you'll be again changed. Somebody say changed. That's a common theme through both, both of those verses. We're going to be changed uh, from the inside out, readily recognize what he, God, wants from you, and then quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to the levels of immaturity, God brings out the best in you. He develops well-formed maturity in you. And he just wrote a note that said, culture has a tendency to bring us down to immaturity. But how many of you know that your life was destined to be a life that will soar? Come on, come on. Yeah. Say this with me because we're going to drive this point home for the rest of the day. My life is designed to soar. Say it again. My life is designed to soar. Let's pray. Father, we welcome you. Thank you for the sweet presence in this house today. Thank you that, Jesus, we're reminded that you alone are the one who can heal, who can perform miracles, who can put us in positions of favor and grace. Only you, God. And so we come humbly. I come. I submit my tongue, my thoughts, my mind to you. And I thank you that as a vessel that's standing in proxy for our pastor, I ask you, Lord, to let the word of the Lord live strong today. And let every person who is supposed to be here and supposed to be watching receive what they need in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. So we're talking about living a life as people who are supposed to soar. In Romans chapter 12, it said again, the culture around you is always dragging you down to the level of immaturity. But God wants to bring the best out of you. I realize that it's so important because we are in such a tug of war with the way that the culture believes and how we believe as the church. I realize that a huge part of what we are consistently fighting is coming against what are the norms of our society or what we know the norms of who God has called us to be are. I realize that a huge part of the vision that God has placed in this house and in so many churches around the world, around the country, that there is something specific that God has designed for the church to carry out. If you think about our vision statement, we are building a relevant creative church empowering people to reach others, right? That's important, but what I found is that we have to be reminded that the only thing that Jesus promised to endorse was his church. It's the only thing. I was listening to a podcast yesterday, and I try to make sure that I'm getting enough information and input from different sources because I think it's healthy for us to have a well-rounded diet. 
But I was listening to a podcast of a worship leader who'd been doing it for probably 20-something years. She's popular. If, if I said her name, most of you would know her. And she said, you know, it's interesting because I've entered now into a realm where I'm able to um, engage with people who are outside of the church. And she said, my job and my actual gifting has given me access to, she's actually writing film scores for some of the popular films that you've seen. And she went on to name some of the things and the songs that she's written for these different scores and, and all the stuff and the, the access that God has given her to a world that's outside of these four walls. And she said, what I have had solidified in me stronger than ever before is Jesus only promised that he would build his church. He didn't say all the other peripheral stuff. He said all the other things that we are engaged in and a part of that he cares about, it's important to us. But when he made that promise in Matthew chapter 16, we'll look at it a little bit later, I think he was very specific those thousands of years ago. And he said, listen, I know in 2021 that people are going to decide that the church might not be relevant anymore. Right? I mean, we've been finding that. I know that in 2021, when, they, when we go through the, a pandemic, and people's lives are shifted and turned upside down and schedules change and we had to be careful about wearing a mask or not wearing a mask, getting vaxxed or not getting vaxxed and being close to people or not being close and when can you have services? I believe that God, Jesus, knew thousands of years ago to say, listen, the only thing that I have promised to endorse is my church. And the gates of hell are not going to prevail against that. So as we're talking about being people who are born and created to soar, I'm just continually reminded, God, your church is the organism. I know it might sound self-serving because we're pastors and this is what we do, but can I promise you that there is no better place for you to invest the, the fullness of your life than in the house of God? Yeah. Can, can I promise you that when seasons change, and you are challenged and you are, you know, maybe pulled on by whatever other uh, activities and things that are in your mind. And I'm not saying it's either or. I'm just saying that the church will always remain a priority in the heart of our God. And so he says here that we are people who are supposed to live a designed life to soar. The thing, gravity, don't let it pull you down. Pastor Chris had last week had a very great message. Hopefully, if you didn't get a chance to watch it, go back and check it out. But he started off here in, in Genesis and says in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, they sinned and they lost the keys of spiritual authority over the entire earth and they gave those keys up to the devil. Now here's the important part. The earth fell under a curse of sin. Not just humanity. It was earth. Now this is important to me because what I'm finding is we have to understand that no matter how good we are as people, I've been having these conversations with a lot of folks in this last season, people who are more good than they are bad, <laughs> people who have a desire and a heart to help the planet, to cover the earth. Um, I've got relatives that I've got to engage with in a, in a couple weeks up north and Many of them are just gung-ho. They want to cover the next generation and they care about racial equality and they care about making sure these kids who are, you know, homeless or without father, I mean, they care about those things. I read a statistic recently and it said that the earth today, right now, 
we are in a better position than we've ever been in in the history of mankind. That there are more people who have access to clean running water. Amen. There are more people who have access to electricity than ever before. There are more people who have access to the internet and to, uh, to vaccinations and things that are going to help keep their health. There are more people on the earth today living in a position that's better than it's ever been in the history of mankind. And I think that's awesome. But what's dangerous about that is if you think that just doing good to those things are enough to buy your redemption, you're missing the point of the cross. Yeah. It was only Jesus' blood that can, that can get us access to the fullness of who he's made us to be. And so I'm having these great conversations and I'm talking to men who are donating literally tens of thousands of dollars to causes. And they're telling me how good they are and, and I really want to help people and I have a heart for people and that's awesome. But I keep saying, but apart from the blood of Jesus, apart from the cross, apart from him having gone to the grave, to death, hell, and the grave, and apart from him having uh, gone to the word, the word says he took back the keys and he arose from the dead. Matthew 16 uh, says that Jesus gave those things, those keys that he took from the death, from the, from the grave, and he gave them to the church. That's what God is building. And he said that's the only thing that the powers of hell won't prevail against. The planet is fallen. And it's waiting to be redeemed. But God's people have authority to overcome every fallen thing that holds you back and pulled you down. Let me ask you this. Has anybody been weary in this last season? <laughs> Pastor Gail just did a women's, con or not conference, but a women's event. All the ladies who were there say, whoop, whoop. <laughs> Listen at you. <laughs> did you have a good time? Yeah. And I heard that part of what she was preaching on was what? Somebody shouted out. Weary. Being weary. What we found is that through this pandemic and through this whole season that we've all come through or coming through, that there are more people who are just fully exhausted by the life that they've been living. Even when you find grace in God's presence and the things that we did today to get refreshed, that there are so many people who are just bone tired, who are weary. And God says in his word that if anybody is feeling weary, that there is new strength coming for you because you were designed to soar. Amen. Now, I'm going to give you four little points here before uh, as, as we move on. Uh, there are four things that are very specific as it pertains to soaring. There are four forces that work in flight. The forces are lift and thrust and drag and weight. Now, I am not a physicist <laughs> or a science or an aerodynamic, I can't even say the word, aerodynamic, aeronautic, I'm not, I'm not those things, but I thought it was pretty cool as we were looking this up. So again, the four forces at work in flight are lift, thrust, drag, and weight. And we're going to look into that a little bit. Matter of fact, Pastor Tristan, can you help me out? Um, if you want to know what lift, thrust, drag, and weight look like, it's in this Frisbee. Because in order for you to throw this Frisbee 
or to throw a football or to fly an airplane. You got to have lift. You got to have thrust. You got to have drag that's going to slow it down. And you got to have weight that's going to drop it to the ground. Oh, my God, I'm going to do this. No lawsuits in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I was actually informed by one of our officers that if I didn't do it on purpose, I can't get in trouble. So, no, I'm just kidding. Let me see. So, lift, thrust, drag, and weight. Oh, God, help me. Ah! Got to do it again. See if I can catch it. Bam. Hey. You know, I haven't thrown a Frisbee in like 50 years. Uh, lift, thrust, drag. Uh, we give, it, give it a go. Uh, bam. Good. Good job. One more time. I'm having fun with that. Hold on. All right. I'm going to try not to hurt anybody. You ready? Nope. All right. Here we go. <laughs> lift, thrust, bam. Yeah. Give it up for Pastor Tristan. So with that frisbee, you saw lift, thrust, drag, and weight. So let's define this real quick. Lift is this. It means to arise, to elevate, to expand, to raise, or to get up. John chapter 12, verse 32. It says, when I have been lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people toward me. Amen. Jesus lifts you up when you are lifting him up. A part of this whole thing about praise and worship, and I'm so specific about it, is when you are lifting up your hands, and I ask you a lot, right? When you're in those moments and you're lifting up Jesus, do you know that a part of what's happening is your insides are being renewed? That your heart is being lifted up? You might have come in here with a heavy burden today or dealing with whatever life has to throw at you. That when you lift him up, you are also lifted up. Amen. Um, lift is the force that directly opposes the weight of an airplane and holds the airplane in the air. Lift is generated, I love this part, by every part of the airplane, but most of the lift is found and generated by the wings. And it says, lift is a mechanical aerodynamic force produced by motion of an airplane through the air. In other words, uh, every single part of your life is designed to be lifted up. But there are specific things that God is going to be working in your, in your areas, specific and uh, exact to you, that are going to cause you to be lifted up. I'll explain that in a minute. Let's move on. Number two, thrust. The second thing. Thrust is advance, to drive, to press or to propel. To thrust means to advance, to drive, to press, or to propel. A scriptural reference for that would be like the woman who had the issue of, of blood. And some of you know that story. She heard about Jesus walking through and she said, if I can press into him, then maybe I might be able to get my miracle. If I can just get past the barriers that I have and all the people around me and all the noise and all the, the confusion and the, the conflict, if I can just press into them because I have a sense that there's something in the presence of God that is containing my miracle. A press is a part of you flying. The third one um, is drag. And drag is this, by definition, drag is the force that acts opposite to the direction of motion. It tends to slow an object down. In other words, when I threw the Frisbee, there was a, we threw it, there's a thrust, and then the drag is, what's, is the, basically the, the air that's holding it back some. 
It's the force that tends to slow the object down. Drag is caused by friction and differences in air pressure. We're going somewhere here. An example is putting your hand out of a moving car. Anybody ever done that? Your dog ever done that? <laughs> you're driving down the road and you're feeling the drag of the weight that's on your, on your hand. Uh, done by a moving car. Um, there are pressures, and this is what we're going to land on today. There are pressures that try to pull you down or make you feel small. Things that drag us down, fear. Things that drag us down, peer pressure, bullying, depression, unworthiness, um, guilt. Those are things that weigh us down. And then number four is weight. So weight is this. Weight can be both positive and negative. And I love this part, and we're going to talk about this for a moment, but weight can be both positive and negative. I want to say this again. Weight can be both positive and negative. There are things that you have to have resisting you in order for you to be an overcomer. Right? How many of you know that we, if we lived in a perfect, flawless world, there's nothing for us to overcome in order for us to be able to use these principles? Can I tell you this? There's a lot of people that I want to meet when I get to heaven. David is one of my champions. I love him because he was a dude who screwed up a lot and Jesus still loved him. I want to meet him. I want to meet Paul. I want to meet Peter. But I got a, I got a bone to pick with Adam and Eve. Because <laughs> they, they were in a perfect environment. They had everything that they needed, access to everything. And because they decided to do stuff on their own, their own way, the whole world was born into sin. I'm going to pop Adam up. No, I don't want to hit him. But Adam, come on, man. You could have done the right thing and kept us out of trouble. But now we've got to deal with. And so thank God we get a chance to overcome some stuff. I know when you are dealing with what you're dealing with, it doesn't seem like a bonus or a benefit. But when you're fighting through family or health or finances or emotion or whatever it is that you're overcoming, God is literally giving you the tools for you to be able to soar. Somebody say amen. amen. And I love this part about weight because weight can be both positive and negative. The meaning Shekinah, the glory of God means to be, here's the good part, it means to be heavy with all that is good, there is a weightiness to the presence of God. There is a weightiness to the presence of God. There are so many times that I've come in and I've just made a decision, regardless of how I feel or whatever else. I told the team this morning, <laughs> I said, we just finna ride. You know, I got these notes in the afternoon yesterday and there's all the stuff that goes on. But to me, it doesn't matter how eloquent I speak or if we pick the right songs or if the lights work or the mics are good, which thank God they all are. But how many of you know it's the weightiness of the presence of God that transforms us? It's being in his presence. It's taking those moments to just say, God, Jesus, Jesus Cristo. I thought that was awesome to be able to do it in Spanish today. I love full of faith and wonder. I'll say no other. This is a house of miracle. This is a place where your presence is welcome. And when that Shekinah weight of his glory comes in, there's nothing more powerful. It's indescribable. You can't explain it. 
I had, some, I had the Bible school students ask me a couple weeks ago, they said, well, how do you describe when you're in the presence of God? I said, I can't. I can't. I can't audibly tell you what it's like when I'm in that glory, but I'm telling you, it's something, because it's indescribable, it's something that you will never forget. You'll never, you'll, you can't explain it, but you know it. When you're, when you're there, when you've experienced who he is and, and it helps you overcome, it helps you see in the middle of maybe a dark scenario, you have a different perspective. Your circumstances may not have changed, but the presence of God, the Shekinah, the weight of his glory. Pastor Richard has told the story before, but when I first came here, and I had never led worship before. And they invited me up to see if I was going to be the guy that they were going to hire. And I sang a song called Let Your Glory Feel This Place. And I didn't know the definition of it. I didn't understand it even scripturally. That I hadn't taught Bible school. I hadn't had some of the teaching that I had and have now. But I understood that the glory of God has the power to transform any atmosphere that I find myself in. I understood that I was created, we were created to lift and to soar. And I didn't even know, wow, I'm thinking right now, in this moment, I didn't even realize what the song said. Um, wow. It said, uh, the essence of your presence Manifested love, Shekinah in my temple. Nothing's below or like things above. You're enthroned on the praises of the depths of my soul. So as your fragrance fills me up, Lord, I pray it will overflow. And the chorus says, so let your glory fill this place. Let your glory fill this place. Because our hearts are prepared for you. And your love we have embraced. Holy Spirit, take control. And let this place be your abode. And let your glory fill this place. And I didn't know what was going to happen. And I was 19 years old. And I didn't understand that a part of the access to my calling and to the future and to my destiny was going to be being sensitive to the glory of God. And I always end up shifting this way when I preach because I get on you sometimes. I'm like, don't look at me looking at you. Don't let a moment of us being in God's presence and having the opportunity to worship him. Don't be distracted by the sound and the screen and the stuff that's up there and the chords of the song. I'm asking you, and I'm not, I'm not scolding you, but I'm just trying to, I'm trying to help you out. When we have those moments in the presence of God, the Shekinah glory of God that fills our temple, that changes us, I see God working in you right now. That's his presence. I don't even know who you are. But the 
glory of God, the weight of God. Lift up your hands. This is what he's taught us to be sensitive to. Now, Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus. Come on, could you guys just be praying? And I know this is different. I know we get off script all the time. But Father, in the name of Jesus, whatever it is that she's walked in needing, remind me of your name. What's your name? That's right. You're Gia. You're Gia with the cool hair. Come up here, Gia. Is that all right? Come over here. I got in trouble last week because I wasn't in the light. Come on up here. You may not understand it. And know the fullness of it. I don't know what's happening on, and hopefully you won't be embarrassed by it. Are you okay? I ask you after she's already up here. <laughs> but it's the glory of God that changes us. I don't know what God had in your heart. Lift up your hands. I'm just going to pray with you. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for Gia. And I thank you for your presence. And I thank you that when we don't understand what our seasons are, and maybe there's not clarity for what it is you have next. I ask you, Lord God, right now in this tangible presence of God, I ask you to breathe on her. I ask you to show her the, her future. I ask you to actually begin to reveal to her the steps that she needs to take to walk in her purpose. I ask you right now to let every weight, uh, we said there's positive and negative, let every negative weight of guilt, let every negative weight of the past, of fear, of failure, of comparison, in the name of Jesus, I ask you, Lord God, to lift that weight. And as she's got her hands lifted to you, Father, I thank you that now we receive from whatever it is you have. Thank you for your spirit and thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name. Can I get a lady to come up here and love on her real quick? Come on, give Jesus a hand clap. The glory of God, the glory of God, the glory of God. Yes! In the name of Jesus. So the weightiness of God, the Shekinah glory that... It's heavy with all things that are good. And in Hebrews chapter 12, and we're almost done, we're coming in for a landing. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside the weights and sin that ensnare us. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Let, a lay, let us lay aside, what? Every weight, every weight of guilt, every weight of fear, every weight of depression, every weight of doubt, every weight of comparison. Why are we laying it aside? Because I love what he said, it's impossible to run a marathon wearing heavy clothes and army boots. <laughs> right? You gotta lay the weights off because what we're doing is not a quick thing. I love being able to encourage some of you who are coming into this house. We didn't start yesterday. We didn't start last week. We didn't start last decade. We started three decades ago. There's a marathon aspect to this thing. And we're continually laying off weights, laying off the stuff that holds us back. The, the rest of that verse says, um, laying aside every weight, breaking out of the earth's atmosphere, and we're closing here, takes us beyond a gravitational pull. There is weightlessness when you break into another atmosphere. There was a great example recently 
of two twin astronauts. Some of you guys may have heard about this, but they are called the Kelly brothers. It was Scott and Mark. And one of them, they're two twins. One of them, I guess, I think they're both astronauts, but one of them went to the space station. And he spent 340 days uh, aboard the space station. And it says that when he came back, he had grown two inches taller. Wow. And all my vertically challenged friends said, <laughs> amen. I was asking the girls this morning. Somebody came in. I think it was, who was it, Jessica? Jessica walked up in here. She got like five-inch heels on. I'm looking down there most of the time, and I'm like, hey, what happened to Jessica? Uh, but, so, I, you know, it's all right to be vertically challenged, but this dude grew two <laughs> full inches when he was in another atmosphere. Catch that. When he was in another atmosphere, something on the inside of him or literally physically in his body grew. Now, it's said here that um, after 340 days, he grew two inches taller. But check this out. Within two days of coming back into the atmosphere that he left, he shrunk back to normal height. Isn't that crazy? And Pastor Richard said this. What is your atmosphere like at home, at work, in relationships? It's time to check your atmosphere, to check the things that crowd us down. Is it fear? I keep going to that. I'm going to be praying for somebody today because I can feel that in the room. Is it fear? Is it resentment? Is it unforgiveness? Hmm. Is it guilt? Is it feeling less than? Is it a wrong perspective or perception of who? Well, all of those things are things that try to pull us down and shrink us back. And I'm so grateful for this, that God has given us to po the power to set our atmosphere. He said this, it's time to check your baggage at the altar and quit carrying heavy bags of guilt and resentment and unforgiveness. But here's the takeaway. It's time for us to go back to that first verse in Isaiah, and it says, those that wait on the Lord expectantly, looking for hope in Jesus, you will be given eagle's wings to rise above every storm. You, as you're waiting on the Lord, as you're finding yourself in his presence, are going to be given the wings, the things that you need to soar. And I will say this, many of you don't know, but when I was also 19 and finishing high school, heading into college, I left, I was leaving Oral Roberts University to go to Florida, actually to move here. And it was the first time that I was ever going to fly. And I had, I'd never been on a plane. I was by myself heading from, at that point, heading from Sioux City, Iowa, flying to Dallas, Texas, because that's where our studio was. And I remember the absolute fear that I had about being in this place of the unknown. And I don't know, everybody's not necessarily going to get this, but God, as clearly as I'm talking to you right now, now I wasn't an audible voice, but I've never had more of a clarity of a word of the Lord in my entire life. And I felt the Spirit of God tell me, number one, don't ever be afraid to get on an airplane. Number two, because your entire destiny and calling is going to depend on you flying in airplanes. 
This is an Iowa boy, didn't have a passport, had no idea of why and what that looked like. 47 countries later and probably a thousand plus planes later, I've never gotten on a plane and been afraid about what's going on around me. Even to the point when one time Pastor Richard and I were flying in into the Bahamas and the plane and the pilot said, the lady comes back in the middle of the plane and you know when the stewardess or the whatever they call them now, when she looks scared, you know there's something to be worried about. <laughs> so she walked, she walked down to the middle of the plane and pulled up the floor, the floorboard, and we saw that the landing gear was not coming down. And so we circled for another whatever, and we come into this airport, and there's all this emergency, you know, vehicles, and everybody's down there, and I'm just like, Lord, God, have you ever made a promise to your boy? <laughs> If you are ever going to keep a promise, uh, now's the time. <laughs> so, so I'm praying, and I'm nervous, and, and I'm like, hey, if we're going to die, let's get some people saved. Hey, do you know Jesus? You know, talking talk, no, I knew it wasn't. So, so it happened, and, and they come down, and you're in there. You know, they come down the aisles, and they're saying, raise heads down, raise heads down. So you got to get in this squat position, and it was scary and nervous, but I knew that God had given me a word. And I don't know what word you are needing to gravitate to and to hold on to. But can I tell you, when you have a word of the Lord over your life, there's nothing that can deter you. Do you know that no matter whatever atmosphere you find yourself in, it's the word of the Lord over your life that supersedes that atmosphere? Do you know if you find yourself in an atmosphere where your family is telling you you're less than, you can't accomplish this, you're, maybe your education or your whatever it is, do you know that the word of the Lord is what causes you to rise above those things? You were created to soar. You were created to soar. If you got that today, put your hands together and give Jesus... Praise. I did what I could, Pastor Richard. I did the best I could, man. You had some good notes. But let's pray. Um, go ahead and get my team up here if you could. But Father, I, I do thank you today that you've created us to soar. You've created us to be overcomers. I thank you that there's atmospheres that try to weigh us, weigh us down in negativity or that try to weigh us down in depression to try to weigh us down in guilt and resentment and unforgiveness and I felt this so strong today so as they get ready to go um, I kept driving in this thing about fear I know that was in the room and so right now as we are expecting and waiting on God and believing God for your promises and your purposes with your heads bowed and your eyes closed just in this moment I really felt that that spirit of fear was trying to get a hold of somebody in this room. And it might have been many someones, but I'm not talking about just kind of being afraid of a circumstance. I'm talking about a, a spiritual force that has been haunting you, that has been plaguing you. Fear. If that is you, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I want you to raise your hands because I'm going to pray for you today. Well, I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you all over the building. Now, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you that this word is your truth and it's your promises and everything that you promised us that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. So this is not just a, 
Uh, this is not just a random verse, God. We speak the word of the Lord over these people. Keep your hands raised. Father, in the name of Jesus, everyone, you see them. And I ask you right now to touch them, to remove, to evict, to eject the spirit of fear off of their life. And Lord, bring them hope, bring them grace, and bring them peace in this moment. In Jesus' name. And Lord, right now, with our heads continue to be bowed and eyes closed, Lord, I ask you that every person in this room, Lord, anyone who doesn't know who you are, who doesn't have relationship with you, who hasn't had the opportunity to connect with heaven, I'm asking you, Lord God, to touch them. And just say this with me, everybody in the room. Say, Jesus, I invite you into my life. And I thank you that you created me to soar above every circumstance. I thank you that you've given me the tools to be one who overcomes. And I ask you now to take away sin, to take away the stains, to take away guilt, unforgiveness, uh, grief. Uh, um, uh, wow. Mm. Father, in Jesus' name, those who are dealing with grief right now, I ask you, Lord, to let your spirit encounter those folks. Lord, the spirit of grief, Lord, the heaviness that comes with that, I ask you to touch them as well in Jesus' name. And Lord, just say this, everybody with me. Say, I thank you, Jesus, for the work that you've done that's completed on the cross, and I receive it and walk in it in your name. Amen. Come on, if you love him, give him a praise one more time. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you.